Hi there. Today's episode is an encore episode. I thank you once again for tuning in and listening with an open heart. And I hope that you will find if you have listened to this episode previously, that you will find some additional new nuggets that you may have missed the first time you listened to it. And if this is your first time to hear this particular episode, um, again, I hope that you find a thing or two or three (laughs) within the episode that might spark some additional curiosity and a willingness to see things from a different perspective. So on with today's Encore episode. Hi there, you're listening to episode number five of the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners. And if this is your first time here, we also welcome you. Thank you for giving us a try and checking us out. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode when a new one drops, and those always happen on Sundays. For now, I invite you to settle in with a cup of coffee or tea and an open heart. Shall we begin? But first, the quick disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. I like to begin each new episode with a quote, and today I have two. Um, Let's begin with the first one. The least said, the soonest mended. A wise mom. The second one. Life is a series of choices. The more conscious you are, the more aware you become of just how many choices there are in any one day. The Holistic Psychologist. To recap um, on this mini series, if you will, of um, episodes regarding my estrangement, estrangement story, I wanted to just recap briefly um, what we've covered thus far. Um, I have two adult children um, and both of them estranged from me at the very beginning of 2016 and our reconciliation came in 2017 where we have remained since. Um, I credit getting myself into therapy to work on my own issues and baggage um, as a significant factor in reconciling with my daughters. Um, But another significant factor um, in the reconciliation was also the willingness of my daughters to entertain the idea that I may have changed, which then opened the door to allow my behavior to be demonstrated and then reconciliation to occur um, and for us to connect to allow for those things to happen. So uh, today's episode will conclude my personal estrangement and reconciliation story Um, It will focus on the transformation and what life looks like today. Um, And we'll also give you a little rundown on some of the lessons I've learned through this experience. Um, So let's begin with the transformation. Um, What I, 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 when I thought about 
this particular episode of the podcast, I wanted to list out very specific things um, that I that have resulted um, from the estrangement and reconciliation so that you could really have a, a good understanding of what I did and, and how I got to the place that I'm at now and what I stopped doing, what I started doing, and what I'm still doing um, post-reconciliation. Um, and so what I, what I stopped doing when my uh, daughters and I reconciled is um, I stopped being a, a manager of my children. And this is something that's, I think, really, really difficult for parents um, to do because none of us are taught. (laughs) We're not taught how to be a parent, and we certainly are not taught how to stop parenting as a manager. And as Dr. Joshua Coleman says, um, moving into the position of, of a consultant as opposed to a manager with our parenting styles when our children become adults. Um, and so I no longer um, manage or try to manage their lives, their choices, etc. cetera. Um, I no longer give unsolicited advice if I overhear conversations or them um, telling me something about a choice they've made or um, an action that they're going to take that I personally happen to disagree with or I think is going to cause more harm or is not necessarily a path that is going to be super, super healthy and um, long lasting, I don't say anything. I keep my mouth shut. Um, It is just, it's not something that I am, I'm not, I'm not able to do it anymore. Um, doesn't mean that I don't have my opinions. Doesn't mean that I don't think about the things that they are going to do or say or choices they've made and think that they're less than ideal because I do. Um, because I have more life experience than they do. I'm able to see further down the road than they are simply because of my life experience. Um, but I don't impose that on them. Um, unless they ask for me, if if they ask me for advice, then I will give it. Um, and the delivery in me giving that advice is different than it was in the past. Um, in the past, I would have said something along the lines of, you know, that that's really not a really good idea. I think I would think twice about that. Now, um, in giving advice, I say something along the lines of, um, if it were me, I would consider A, B, or C. And so see the difference between those two statements. Um, It's less focused on them, more focused on me, um, and things that I would consider in making choices and decisions. Um, If it is a decision that has already been made that they've asked me um, about, and I don't agree with it, I simply say, it's probably not the decision that I would have made for me, but if you feel that that is the best decision for you, then I support you in that. 
And when I say I support them in that, it doesn't mean that I agree with them. It just means that I support them in them making decisions for their own life. And what helped me come to that was thinking about my own life and when I was a young adult with my parents and how did I want them to respond to me. I did not want them to chastise me or make me feel shamed for the decisions I had made. I wanted them involved in my life. I wanted them to help me guide and 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 not necessarily direct but more be more of a companion on on my life journey and that just meant standing beside me and with me and not necessarily agreeing with me right so um that i've again number one i moved from being a manager into that of, of a consultant with my children and as a consultant that means the choice to consult with me is up to them so I don't impose that upon them. I don't say, you know, I, I'm here for, for consultation if you need it. I don't, none of that. I, I, I mentioned none of that. It's up to them to contact me if they want my input. Um, number two, I uh, stopped inviting myself to their home um, and or events that they were attending, doing in their life. Um, I will say, you know, we are four years out from the initial reconciliation and just this year I did um, ask if I could attend um, if I could go with them to the annual trek to the pumpkin patch in October Um, so again that's four years outside of uh, the initial reconciliation before I ever um, asked to be included in anything that they were doing. And it was, uh, when I, when I made that decision to ask, it was, I I was clear with myself that if the answer was no, then I was going to be okay with that because I had to be okay with that. Um, and that it was their choice and decision to have me there or not. Um, so that was again, something that I was okay with. Um, number three, I, again, kind of similar to, to number one, I just stopped imposing my opinions and beliefs on them. Um, I just don't interject anything of what I feel, what I think, any of that in their lives, unless, of course, they ask. Uh, number four, um, I stopped expecting my children to always be there for me. And um, this is a this is a really big one and hard one for most parents. Um, I think that there is this sense of obligation that they feel adult children should have in being in their parents' lives. And I don't know about you, but for me, just in general, in life in general, um, I, I find that I'm less inclined to want to be involved in someone's life if if I feel obligated to be in their life. So I, I just have, have stopped that. I've also accepted the fact that they're just, they're, they're going to have their own lives and that may or may not include me. And that's a decision they get to make because it's their life. 
and I get to make my decision on how I re- respond or react to that, to their decision. Um, I also changed my thinking um, from uh, this, we hear, hear often, just let them go, just let them go. And for, for whatever reason, that never set well with me. Um, and I, I talked about this in therapy with my therapist um, a lot. And what I decided and came up with beyond that, at, you know, her suggestion was instead of saying, let them go, um, I let them be. And that to me sounds less, um, you know, letting them go sounds like a cutoff, right? Like I'm, I'm cutting them off and out of my life where letting them be sounds more healthy and better (laughs) to me. Um, and so I have moved into that place in life where I, I, um, instead of thinking that I needed to let them go, I just simply let them be now. Um, the next thing is I stopped minimizing their accomplishments or shrouding them in the quote, um, well, this is great, but have you considered A or B or C instead? Um, that was a big thing for me when I was growing up um, that I heard um, quite often was, well, that's that's great, but what will the neighbors think? What will so-and-so down the street or so such and such friend think if you do A, B, or C? Um, and so I've stopped that. Um, I just, I, I'd no longer say things along those lines. Um, and I've stopped insisting that communication with them be the way that I prefer communication to be, um, which is generally something verbal um, and or, you know, like a handwritten note or a letter or, or cards or things like that. Um, and I, so I don't insist on that. You know, I hear parents oftentimes say, well, if they want to talk, I'm not texting. Um, if they want to talk to me, they can pick up the phone and call me and actually talk to me. And if that works for you, then more power to you. But it didn't work for me. Um, And it felt like, again, I was imposing myself on them. And um, they would in turn be less inclined to communicate with me if it had to be one way or the other. Because I also think that parents feel the, the, the same way, right? When kids say well, you can only text me, don't call me or whatever. And then the parent is like, is left with, well, what about how I feel about this? Right? So it's kind of, again, we come back to the two sides of the same coin. Um, and so I just, um, I accepted the fact that they prefer communication style one way, and that might not necessarily be my way. So, um, and I also, uh, I, reduce the talk of the past. So I don't um, bring up past events, past things that were said and done and any of that. I um, instead try to focus on the present. Um, If I do talk about the past, it's generally something, you know, that's a fun um, or funny memorable event that I know they consider to be fun or memorable based off of past experience, not just what I think is fun or memorable because it may not be the same for them. 
So, and what I, what I started doing um, is again, you know, I talked earlier, I became a consultant for my, my kids. Um, they have me on speed dial. They know my number. They know how to text me and find me um, for my input if they want it. And if not, I stay out of it. It's just that simple. I just stay out of it. Um, and I wait for invitations. Again, uh, I mentioned, you know, earlier this year talking or um, just a little bit ago of inviting myself um, to the pumpkin patch. And when I say I invited myself, it was a, hey, do you think it might be possible for me to go with you guys to the pumpkin patch this year? It wasn't a, oh, well, I heard them talking about it. And then I said, oh, well, I'll meet you there at 1030 <laughs> or something along those lines. I inquired. Um, and so by doing this, yes, it means that I'm not invited to a lot of things because I don't ask, um, or interject or say that I would like to attend or something along those lines. Um, and that's just a part of this process. That's a part of life that has changed post estrangement for me. Um, and post-reconciliation is that, um, you know, it, it oftentimes means that I'm not invited to things that aren't major, you know, holiday celebrations and, and things like that. Um, and yes, that's even four years outside of reconciliation. Um, and again, you know, my beliefs and opinions are just that, they're mine. I released my children from the burden of having to carry something that's not theirs to be concerned with. Um, those are my beliefs. They have their own, and I, I have elected not to um, burden them with expressing those opinions and beliefs unless, of course, they ask me about them. Um, and I started finding other people who were willing to share their life with me and me with them. Um, this, you know, again, lessens that burden of expecting my children to fulfill um, all of my relationship relational needs, um, through a relationship. And, um, I think it's, it, they feel lighter for that. I don't have, I don't know that for sure, but I can imagine or, or and hope that they do, um, feel a little bit lighter than that. Um, and again, I allow them to just be as they are right here, right now. I don't, you know, go back to the, well, it used to be this way or that way, or, you know, I hope it's this way or that way in the future. I just accept where we are right here, right now. Um, and it, and it keeps me, you know, out of the past and out of the future and being able to appreciate what we have today. Um, and again, I, uh, celebrate their lives and their accomplishments and their wins, um, might be, look like a handwritten card or a text message or a verbal statement. Um, but I, I just um, celebrate those things in their lives without conditions or without the but or with <laughs> those kinds of things. I just celebrate what is and leave the rest out of it. And I, again, I learned how their preferred way of communicating um, for them. Most of the time it's uh, text messaging. Um, Sometimes there's FaceTime videos and things like that, which I certainly appreciate, um, but I allow them to take the lead on how they want um, to communicate with me. And let's see. Um, again, I only talk about the present. 
you know, um, I try not to get into the past um, or the future. And, and for, for example, um, I don't ask about the, like their future plans. Like, are you guys, you know, going to try to have another baby? Unless they bring it up. And then I may interject and say something along those lines. Um, but I don't, I don't ask about anything unless it's something they've already brought up. And I've given myself permission to graduate from parenting and moved into a space um, where I could feel less responsible for their decisions and actions. And I think that that's another hard piece um, for parents is, is learning to just step back and allow your adult children to carry the responsibility that is theirs to carry for the decisions and actions taken in their life. I mean, it's, it's hard because we are used to doing that as when they were really small children and being responsible for um, things that they said or did, but they're adults now. And so I, I don't, I, I gave myself permission <laughs> to graduate from that style of parenting into the style of parenting that's a consultant, um, which means I'm not responsible for this, the decisions they make. And I started getting involved in my own life again and, and dreaming new dreams for me. Um, and that looks very different. Um, that, that's been a, a new thing for me that's quite uncomfortable. And um, I'm not especially, you know, good at it right now. I'm learning. I'm learning how to do those things. Um, and when I get it right, it feels really, really good. It, it's a there's a freedom in that that I never knew before so um, it's something that I encourage parents to, to do is you know get back involved in your own life and doing your own things and um, to kind of close out this particular section it things I'm what am I still working on today um, four years outside of the initial reconciliation uh, I'm still working on forgiving myself for the plethora of mistakes I made as a parent um, I carry significant guilt um, for all the ways that I screwed up. And it's quite possible that I'll be working on that for the remainder of my days. Because it's really hard to accept that I hurt my children. It's a really, really hard pill to swallow because I think that we as parents, most parents, set out with the intention of never imposing harm on our kids. So I'm still working on forgiving myself for those mistakes that I made. And I'm working on giving myself a bit more grace on the days when the triggering memories come back such as just right now and getting emotional over those things, um, working on giving myself grace and allowing that to happen, allowing the emotions to come up um, and work through them. Um, and I'm also working on giving myself uh, a bit more grace when um, the triggering memories come back and the fear of estrangement happening again comes back um, because while that's lessened over time, it is still ever present. Um, it, it is it is a worry and concern that I do have. 
Um, and I'm also trying to not continue to walk on eggshells, but maybe instead to walk with compassion for both myself and my children. And that feels different. It sounds different and it feels different within, within me. So those are things that I'm, I'm still working on today. Um, and still working on, you know, communication with my children and learning how to communicate in ways that are healthy and good and, um, you know, helping our relationship to last in loving ways. So what, what lessons have I learned out of estrangement and reconciliation? Um, I listed 10 things that I've learned. Um, number one is estrangement is much more common than many, many people think. Um, statistics show it somewhere between 25 and 30% of the population have been estranged at some point in time in their life. Um, I happen to think that that number is much larger. I think it's probably upwards of 50 to 60%. Um, it is just, uh, it is a, it, it's a rare occasion that I meet someone who either themselves have not been estranged or someone in their family has not been estranged. It's just, it's very, very prevalent. Um, number two, uh, nothing is, is as it appears on the surface. Um, that old saying hurt people, hurt people. It's true. Um, my children, uh, were not and are not mean or evil. I hear that sometimes from estranged parents and it just, man, talk about a knife to my heart. It, I, I think to myself, oh my gosh, if your children could hear you, the way that, that you're talking about them, it just, mm, it just shatters me. They're not evil. They're not mean. Um, there's always something beneath the surface of a observed or heard action or statement. Um, while there are outside influences, um, such as, you know, uh, a divorce, uh, addiction issues, or the gate, quote unquote, gatekeeper at play, um, th- those are symptoms of something deeper happening um, within our, our children. Um, and there will be more to come on that down the road um, in another episode. Uh, number three is how essential curiosity is. Um, and by curiosity, I mean getting curious about our own lives as parents and at, from our childhood and why we behave and react the way that we do um, to things um, or why we do not do things. And um, what is the estrangement a symptom of? Because that's what I think. That's what that's a belief I have. Is that estrangement is a symptom of something else. It, it's it's a symptom. There's something beneath that, and, and getting to what's beneath that is super super important. Um, and also why you know being curious about why our adult children are behaving and reacting the way that they are, and without judging that curiosity about our kids. I hear that oftentimes too, you know, the, um, 
well, why are they doing this? This makes no sense. And it's just ridiculous. And it's so immature. And it's, that's judging. And instead of that, I've learned to say, huh, I wonder what they might be thinking. I wonder why they would choose this route. Though that type of curiosity, um, I think is, is serves us better. Uh, number four, words matter. Um, they absolutely matter. And I have learned to reframe um, things that I want to say so that hopefully they're received well by my adult children. Um, we as parents oftentimes neglect how, how our words might be perceived by an adult child. And this is, this is a game changer, is learning how to say things in a way where they can be received. Um, number five, we all have choices. I have choices. They have choices. All of us have choices. And even the worst of circumstances, the most dire of circumstances, um, we have choices. It may not be the choice you want to make, but you have choices. I mean, I know in my estrangement, I my choice was to have my children come back to me, right? I wanted that choice, but that choice was off the table. The choice I had was how was I going to navigate this for myself? And the same thing with our kids. They have the choice to make decisions that they want to make and how they want to navigate those. Number six, I also learned the value of separation. And this is one of those things I consider non-negotiable in estrangement, um, provided the intent is to heal. So I think, I think separation has absolute value if there is a, a, an intent to reflect and to heal. Um, I hear parents say all the time, we can't reach reconciliation if there's, if they're not willing to talk to me. So, you know, this is just useless. It's there. I, this separation is serving no purpose and I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Um, what I generally say in return to that, when I hear that from a parent, is more often than not, we must remove ourselves from an environment or a relationship that keeps triggering us over and over and over again, thereby creating responses and reactions from an impl- inflamed place rather than one that is respectful. And without time, space, and reflection and healing, i.e. doing our own inner work, we stay on that same merry-go-round that plays the same tune over and over and over and over and over again. So um, I think separating um, and getting oneself out of a particular situation with time to reflect and to think about things and, and to do some inner work and to get curious and all of these other things, it's, it's essential. I think it is absolutely essential to heal really any kind of relationship because if you stay in it and you're, it's that constant re-triggering where you're, you're not getting anywhere. In order to change the dance, someone has to stop dancing the same old dance. So that was number six. Number seven, 
Um, I learned how to be in relationship with others again. I am less passive aggressive and I'm more compassionate and use direct statements um, and use I statements instead of pointing the finger, things like that. Um, big, big step and change for me. Number eight is how essential it is to learn and teach healthy conflict um, resolution. Um, Without this skill set, we end up with passive aggressive behaviors and all of the other nasty things that we see today. And I am convinced that um, the lack of, of this having been taught to us and then the lack of us teaching it to our children um, is is at the heart of estrangement um, because if we had if we were able to in healthy ways resolve conflict there would be no need to separate um, and estrange from one another and number nine um, the importance of getting engaged in my own life again you know our children have entered new phases of their lives Um, and that, and they're independent of us. And that's not the end of the world. It's not. I've learned to focus more on myself and less on my kids. Um, I have an independent life to lead and, um, am choosing to focus on my friends and interest is, it's a, it's a healthy thing. It's really unhealthy when our lives are so wrapped up in that of our children. And especially when they're adults, I mean, that talk about enmeshment, that's what enmeshment is. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I'm learning to have my life outside of my children. And um, finally, number 10 is the only way out is through. And the only person I can change is myself. I can't change them. I can't force change. I can't want change bad enough that it just automatically happens. I can't try to manifest change for them. I can only change myself. And that being said, estrangement can be a gift if we allow it. Um, It taught me how to shed my armor and open my heart. And again, that was because the only way out was through. I had to walk through it. I had to walk through the flames of heartbreak. And that is what ended up helping me to change myself. And in turn, um, I now see today the gift that estrangement is or has been in my life because it helped me to change into someone that I really like today. So in closing... um, I'd like to say this today. I hold zero resentment towards my daughters. Um, I consider my estrangement experience to be a gift from them. Um, 2016 and 2017 um, was a, were pivotal points in my life um, that shifted everything. Everything. And without that shift, I would not be the person I am today. Um, someone I like and hold um, a lot of grace for. Uh, People ask me if I I think I would feel this way had reconciliation not happened in my life, and my answer is yes. Um, It may have taken me a bit longer to get to this place, but I believe, I really believe, I would have arrived regardless because 
I just had it in this deep, deep need to figure out why this happened and to work on myself and heal my own stuff and and things from my own childhood. And then, um, you know, in turn, just change the entire landscape of my own life. Um, it just, it just may have taken me longer to get here. Um, and the reason, um, the reason I, again, believe that is because I did the hard work, the hard, difficult and excruciatingly painful work. And because of that, I've completely transformed myself and every relationship in my life. Um, those with other family members, friends, with exes and with colleagues. Um, I have received forgiveness. I have given forgiveness. I value um, the present and live less time in the past and the future. I am way less judgmental and much more compassionate. Um, and I have fewer expectations of others and thereby freeing them. In the end, um, my estrangement experience taught me how to love more openly deeply and tenderly than I ever did before. This brings episode number five to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you're able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider leaving us a positive review. And if you, again, are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, please reach out um, to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com or by leaving a voice message um, on the podcast on anchor.fm. And if you prefer to share, have your story shared, but don't want to be a guest on the show, I am happy to meet with you or talk with you on the phone um, to discuss your story. And then I can share that from on the, on the show myself on your behalf. Um, and you can be named or, or be anonymous. Um, either way is fine. Um, and lastly, please consider sharing this podcast with others. If there's one thing I know for certain It's that most everyone has been or is currently affected by estrangement um, at, you know, some point in their life, if not now, in the past, or or maybe in the future. And um, this podcast might help to spark some curiosity about how to heal from estrangement and, and or help someone feel a little less alone. So again, thank you for listening today. Um, I hope that you have found some sort of something valuable within this last 35 or so minutes. And um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for dropping in and, and listening. I wish you well with lots and lots of gratitude. Thank you.